Welcome to the Ambitious Leader Podcast, the podcast for you leaders with big ambitions to help you reach more in an easier way. So if you have the feeling that the sweat you put in and the results you get out are not in line, then it's probably a good idea to listen and learn. The host of the show is Dennis Fredericks. And we're ready to go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of the Ambitious Leader Podcast. Normally, I am the host of this show, the host of the episode, and then during an episode, I talk with an inspiring guest, or I have an inspiring chat with Carolyn, or I talk you through a subject and we go in-depth to really discover the ins and outs of that subject. But today we are going to do it differently because a few weeks back I was asked by Pavel to have an inspiring conversation around coaching within an organization. What's the, the impact that you can create with coaching within your organization or what are the effects or the results that you can create? What is the distinction between results and impact? How do you choose your coach? Which coach is right for your organization? All things Pavel and I talked about, all things you will discover because I will share the entire talk that I had with Pavel here as well. But Pavel, you have a very difficult name, isn't it? Yeah, Could you uh, repeat it once more because I really enjoy <laughs> it. <laughs> it, it. It's a tricky one. It's a transliteration of a Russian name spelled in, spelled in Estonian using English alphabet. So it's, <laughs> it's Pavel Golenishev. Right. So here we go for the full conversation. Hello, everyone. Hello, Dennis. Looking forward to our conversation today. We've had a few chats before about coaching in organizations and about the challenge of me actually measuring the impact of coaching. Uh, I think there are a few really interesting themes that two of us can discuss today and I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation. Likewise, and good afternoon, uh, Pavel, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to, uh, well, to, to share my thoughts on this very interesting topic here with you. Yeah, and uh, before we begin, can you tell a little bit about yourself, please? Definitely. Um, well, as you already mentioned, my name is Dennis, uh, full name Dennis Fredericks, originally from Belgium, now since October 2018, also living in London. Um, it was a great opportunity for me to come over to London and expand my, my business purely from the, the Belgian market to now also more international oriented market. And the reason for that was that, well, since 2010, I'm working with the Happiness Factory. The Happiness Factory is a company that I founded myself. And with the Happiness Factory, we focus on what we call ambitious leaders. So, well, it's very obvious what it means. It are leaders who are very ambitious, of course, uh, but that means that they also have actually everything they need to be successful, but they are still looking for to, well, to, to, to add something extra or to do something more. And they're a bit searching and struggling on how to do it exactly. It's like, well, if you have that feeling that the sweat you put in Everything you invest in, in being that ambitious leader, and then it's about time, money, energies, really the sweat you put in. And if that is not really completely in line with the results you get out, 
then I think it's a good idea for us to have a conversation because then we can definitely help you. Yeah, thank you, Dennis. And as for me, my name is Pavel Golinishev. I'm an organizational psychologist by education, work before in the corporate world on people analytics. And in my approach, I really believe in bringing together behavioral science insights, the power of analytics and measurements and coaching to make sure that business leaders and HR teams can really create great people and great solutions for the performance of their business and for the well-being and engagement of their employees. I've been doing those conversations with inspiring professionals and experts in all sorts of different fields for some time now. And it's always a pleasure to hear where this conversation takes us. They always take a semi-structured format. We never know. Uh, we have a bit of structure. We never know where it's actually going to take us. And it's always a pleasure to connect with professionals like you, Dennis, and have those inspiring discussions. Now, uh, to jump right into it, uh, during our last conversation, Dennis, there was something that I thought was really interesting. Uh, we are both coaches working in organizations. And one of the big questions is how do we talk about the impact of what we're doing? How do we actually measure the the power, the, the outcomes of coaching interventions. It's almost like one of those things, you know, when it's not there, but it's difficult to measure like once it's actually been there. And I think something that sort of really clicked for me is that you said, well, we need to distinguish between the difference of impact and results. And I really like that point. Could you tell a little bit more about it, please? Um, well, it all depends on how you define those words, of course, mm -hmm. uh, because in the end, it are just words and, and the definition can, can really vary. If you talk about impact or I talk about impact, perhaps we're using the same word, but we're using, we're, we're meaning something completely different. Um, so if I talk about those two words, then for me, it means that results are much more measurable. Um, it are almost like metrics, things that you can really yeah, measure, things that you can really define, things that are very strict and straightforward, where impact is much broader. And that's also the reason why if I talk about coaching, then impact is a very important thing to talk about because, uh, well, in many cases, if you... Um, yeah, if you start working with a coach, and especially not for yourself, because you 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 are making then that transformation, but if you are, let's say, uh, one of the supporters, one someone who is looking at you, who is making the transformation, um, then you can, well, then you can feel that things are changing. And you can't really define them precisely at that moment, perhaps. And you, but you can say, well, yeah, well, he, he has changed. And then you ask the question, okay, but how does he, how, how exactly is he changed or, or what is he doing differently? Well, well I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know. He's, he's just changed. And, and that feeling, that for me is impact. Then you're generating impact. Then you're doing things differently. Mm -hmm. um, it would be different if we are talking about results and it's much more of, well, I changed my leadership approach and thanks to my leadership approach, uh, the company is now, having a turnover that is 50% higher. That's very strict, very measurable, very bottom line oriented. 
So that's that's a bit of the, how I see that distinction between those two. Yeah, yeah, and I think that makes very good sense. It's that sort of intangible feeling of something is different. Cannot really like put my finger on it, but there's something about how this person communicates, uh, the the sort of presence, the sort of perhaps gravitas they're bringing into the room, into the Zoom call, is mm -hmm. different uh, from what it was before. And that's where the power of coaching for business leaders and organizations can really shine. And mm -hmm. I think there is another important point for us to remember that coaching itself is, isn't yet clearly defined. It's still open to definitions. Like mm -hmm. the other day I was speaking with someone who is... Uh, whose job title is a delivery coach, an expert in uh, lean agile methodologies. And mm. we were having a conversation about the impact of coaching. And then we sort of understood that actually we're talking about different things because mm. just because there's that etymology, just because there is the word coach involved in someone's job role and how they describe what they do, doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing different things or need to be working with same results. And... For the type of coaching that I do, that often involves those matters that are difficult to measure, those matters that we cannot put our finger on, something like how does the person actually feel in, uh, in a challenging situation? Does one feel authentic uh, as a leader when they're, when they're in that space? Like, for example, I worked with a professional who was interested in moving into a senior leadership position, something mm -hmm. that we were discussing with them is... How can they find their authentic way of coming up as a leader where not looking at all of those sort of, you know, the five behaviors of a leader and seven things every leader should do like every day, which may make sense for some people, not so much for others. But yeah, how does that person cannot fit himself into those categories, but show up mm -hmm. differently and that's what really makes a difference mm -hmm. definitely and then indeed we're talking about impact but mm -hmm. the downside of impact is the fact that um well it's 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 less tangible and um because the fact that it's less tangible it's also very easily influenced mm -hmm. um Imagine that someone is having a, a coaching uh, is running through a coaching program and that after six months working together, uh, you question the team members to see if that leader has really changed or not. Mm -hmm. uh, then we're talking about impact, of course, because we don't really define what should have been different or what should have changed. It's more like, well, do, do you perceive him in a different way? Um, but imagine if you ask that question to someone who had just a, a very negative conversation with that leader five minutes before you're asking that question then of course he's going to say oh because he's still angry then of course he's going to say oh no no not of course he didn't change anything mm -hmm. <laughs> and and that's the downside of that impact um the same thing with with perception because that impact in many cases is is a form of perception well and perception is really lagging reality um because I have a certain image about you, Bevel. Uh, you probably also about, about me. <laughs> and to change that perception, well, we form that perception very quickly. After five minutes talking with each other, we already have that perception. 
But to change that perception, that can, that can take multiple more conversations that can take up many hours before you start to think from, hey, well, mm, he's actually different than I thought he was. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's also the downside of, of talking about impact because, well, people have a certain image about you. People have a certain perception about you. And no matter how hard you try, people will still have that perception of you. And that's something that I see with, uh, with many of my coaches, that it's sometimes really frustrating that they are doing the best of their abilities, the best that they can to, to change and to be a better leader, to, be, to, to act differently in their teams or in their companies. And still people are giving them the same feedback. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, that's, that's very frustrating, of course, because you are doing the best that you can to change that perception. And it, it isn't changing but it will change after a certain amount of time. It's lagging the reality. And, and I think that's also important to say because that's also where the results come in. If you can prove that the impact is there with certain results, then it's not about perception alone anymore. Mm -hmm. Yes, and uh, this really makes me think of that uh, saying that what, what really matters in the end is how does one make other people feel? Like that's mm -hmm. what's going to form their perception. I think mm -hmm. there's this like a parable, a story that I, I'm going to butcher the facts of it completely right now. But but for the but I think that for the sake of the of the story, that's helpful to to tell it. It's like there was this story that there were two candidates for U.S. president. I think in the 19th century, and both were very accomplished, very smart individuals, and they'd say that after you spoke with one of them, you felt that you just spoke with the smartest person on earth. When you spoke with the, with the other one, you felt like they made you feel like they just spoke with the smartest person on earth. And the second person won. I don't know what were the other factors, but I think it really il illustrates the point that uh, there's a sort of presence, that, that sense of gravitas that a business leader, that any individual can be bringing into conversation and to how they present themselves in work and that has so much impact on people and mm -hmm. people notice when it's there they notice when it's not there uh, and that's something that uh, can change like from conversation to conversation from coaching session to coaching session I, I would say sometimes that's something about how the person chooses to behave, how they choose to present themselves, and how that person feels about themselves. When they feel that they're, uh, they're wearing their own shoes, so to say, when they feel that they are, um, that they're being authentic with who they really are, that's when that person can really uh, shine through their presence, through whatever it is that's meaningful for them, and create those deeper, meaningful relationships with others. Mm -hmm. Or, or not, <laughs> because or not. if you're truly authentic, then it can also you can also end up in a clash with someone. Um, but that's that's also fine, of course, because mm -hmm. then you are truly authentic, and the other person is truly authentic, and then at least you know that the two of you can't be in the same room, <laughs> which is very good because then you can deal with it. And if you're just pretending to be nice, but actually you hate each other, <laughs> well, <laughs> that is going to be very hard to to collaborate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think also when someone is in that space of understanding what they're authentically coming from, 
and when the other person is clear about where they're coming from that's when the middle ground can be found more easily because we know exactly where mm -hmm. like what our values are what our borders are we can set those borders clearly and communicate those to others and in a way even if someone's uh, tough personality match if both are coming from the point of not playing the sort of the games so much mm -hmm. but actually like we have a challenge to solve let's work on it this can be really productive for relationships and mm -hmm. i think on this note this brings us nicely to the next sort of thing we were going to talk about which is why is it that businesses really need a coach why do business leaders need a coach and like the little title we put in here is it is that a good investment or is that a leap of faith i think sometimes with coaching like it's become more popular these days but uh, there is still that question of okay if we can't really measure the impact of it uh isn't that a little bit of a leap of faith like once we invest in it then we'll see the results but we need to uh make that initial judgment uh based on trust uh mm -hmm. first mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Trust is a very important one, of course. Um, and at the same time, as you said, but it, it's growing the importance uh, of, of coaching. And I think if you ask, I would say 100 people, 90% of the business leaders would, would answer, yes, coaching can be something of value for my organization. Um, but those 90%, are they all really investing in coaching are they all making use of a coach and probably they aren't and that's for me still something very strange there are a lot of people who believe in coaching who see the value of coaching uh, there are even those slogans that say well everybody needs a coach because we can constantly grow and we constantly have to improve improve ourselves um, yeah but why aren't we doing it <laughs> Um, in my eyes, it has to do with trust, of course. You need to, to trust the process, you need to trust the, the system, and of course, you need to trust your coach. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's also related to the, the previous thing that we discussed, that uh, perhaps we are focused too much on impact and too little on results. Uh, because if we could define those results in a much stricter way, then it's not that leap of faith anymore, then it really is an investment, like you would do a financial investment on with, with a bank or something. Um, you know how much money you put in, and you know what the return of investment will be after how much time you will get a return and how big that return will be. That would be, I think, an ideal picture for coaching as well, that you know, okay, um, I will put in X amount of money to work with this coach, but I am assured that at the end, I will have this and this and this as a result. Yes, yeah. And I think when we, when we talk about investments, it's, it's almost helpful to think about it in, uh, like about other abstract things, like coaching is one of them, I would say, up to a point. It's helpful to think about it in terms of opposites. So it's not that what's the value of this investment, but... Uh, what's the cost of not having a coach and not so and not addressing the sort of challenges that a coach can help to address and when we mm -hmm. think about it in terms of the cost of not doing it mm -hmm. as opposed to the value of doing that that can be that can be a different conversation mm -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely um, but then again it needs to be defined 
because if you talk about what's the cost of not taking the risk or of not start working with that coach, um, yeah, then again, how are you going to define that cost? And as long as we, we talk about impact, so the, I would say the, the more subjective measures, uh, like, well, if I'm not going to work with this coach, then probably my communication style will not be uh, excellent. And probably I will have some conflicts with my colleagues from time to time. Mm-hmm. Okay, is it good or bad? <laughs> mm-hmm. For some people, it's, it's definitely a game changer. And they say, well, I don't want to have those conflicts. So yes, indeed, I need to invest in this coach because then my communication style will improve, just as an example. But for other people, they will say, well, well what does it matter to have a conflict from time to time? Mm-hmm. So, so I was just referring back to that to those to that difference between impact and results. Because if you if you if you would say if you would state the same case, but clearly with results, that if you could calculate in some way, for example, that those conflicts uh, they take up so many hours, and with, thanks to that those hours you are losing that many money, then it becomes much easier mm-hmm. to to make that decision. Oh yeah, hmm. never thought about it in that way. But indeed, those conflicts—they are costing me money, and in the end, they are costing me much more money than making this investment. Yeah, yeah, Th- that's a great point. It's the measuring sort of measuring the impact of every stage, and then like going down more granular and mentioning mm-hmm. and measuring the impact of that. And I think even with things like conflict communication, miscommunication, we want to define, is that a positive or negative thing? Sometimes conflict can be an important point for for exploring diverse opinions, for making sure that everyone's opinion is included in the process and generating new creative ideas. At other times, there is the sort of the the bitter conflict, the Mm -hmm. toxic, unproductive type of environment, which we're also referring to as a conflict, which can be quite different. But understanding what sort of things are the challenges and what sort of things need to be solved by hiring a professional, by working with a professional with a particular skill set, like maybe it's a consultant, maybe maybe it's about ordering everyone some nice cupcakes and seeing uh, and a few and a few good beers and seeing how that uh, uh, how that plays out, or whether it's about having a coach who can help others to understand what's going on for them, what sort of emotions and sensations are coming up for a person when they're working with someone who they really can't stand and hate or when they are not comfortable about doing a piece of work that they know they really should be focusing on or when it's about communicating and facilitating and managing discussions in a team and how to approach that. That's when a coach can be really important for an organization. Sometimes just to understand whether there is something to diagnose, whether there is something out there at all. If it's something, I'd say that as a sort of almost like a yes or no uh, decision, if there's something that that you feel is complex, that it's it involves communication, it involves people's emotions, and it sort of turns out to be this complex organizational system of people's relationships and everything that's going on, then probably it's time for a coach to come in just to help the business understand what's going on and what would be the best place for an intervention to be the most impactful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And 
at that stage, I think it's it's both. If we if you look at the title here, investment or leap or of fate, I think it's both. At in in, in a scenario like that, uh, you need to have that investment thinking because you want to be sure that the, the financial investment you make is giving you a return. Um, perhaps not an, uh, a return in, in purely calculated in money, but a return in a better company culture, a return in whatever you want. Um, but at the same time, to to start with the program, of course, you need a leap of faith because it needs to be exciting as well. And if everything is too too calculated um, or too yeah, too much in a straight path that you know, okay, these are the steps that we're going to take and it's going to develop like this and this and this and this. Yeah, then what's exciting about it and what's fun about it? It's the same thing that I see when I work with, for example, project managers. Well, in the end, project managers are chaos managers. <laughs> that's that's their role. They, they, they need to be able to bring the chaos into a straight path. Um, but the very interesting thing is that if they would make that straight path too straight, then there's no fun in it anymore. And you wouldn't have you wouldn't need to have a project manager because then you just know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the same with, with coaching. So yes, of course, it needs to be results-oriented and it needs to be an investment and it needs to be clear and there needs to be a pathway. But at the same time, it needs to be exciting. It needs to be fun and... Yeah, you need that trust and you need that leap of faith as well to to step into it and to feel it and to stingling fingers and to say, oh, okay, what are we going to do? And, and oh, how, how is this going to develop? And, and oh, what's the next step? And Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned this thing of, of like managing chaos and, mm-hmm. and I guess measuring like its impact on the work. And it's almost like it made me think that it's important that a coach isn't just brought in when there's like something going wrong in the in the company. The coach can be brought in to make sure to uncover if there are some sort of things that seem to be like business as usual, but that are actually really eating into the profits. Maybe it's something ineffective about operations. Maybe it's uh, there's something else going on. Maybe there's sort of the hidden frustrations that nobody really talks about mm-hmm. and really can pinpoint, but that are affecting it. But I think it's important for businesses to be working with a coach, even if there's like no immediate sort of challenge. It's almost like uh, I heard this saying somewhere and I'm sort of really outside of my area of expertise uh, (laughs) talking about it, I guess. But it was something like bridge structure construction engineers are doing a great job when you don't think about their work. Because like if everything's going well, if like the bridges stand and there's no problem with them. And you really don't think about it as a possible problem. That means they're doing a great work, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that they're not doing anything. And I think it's almost like same with with coaches as well as with project managers, perhaps. It's and the delivery experts in general. It's that idea of making sure that everything's running smoothly, so that there are no crises when you need to be bringing in those expenses mm-hmm. to change consultants and all that. Yeah, yeah, indeed, 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 and and well, it uh, it all depends on how you define yourself as a coach, of course, because we we also mentioned it in the beginning. Uh, I think there are as many coaches as there are letters in the alphabet, um, mm-hmm. or, or at least I think you could fill a dictionary dictionary with <laughs> with, with all the types yeah. of coaches. Um, 
But the, the type of clients that I like to work with are those clients who say, well, we don't need a coach because everything is all right. <laughs> and that's that's exactly the organization that I like to work with and the, the type of leaders that I like to work with. Because uh, I think the moment when you say, well, I don't need a coach because everything is running fine, that's exactly the moment when you need a coach. And it's if you say, well, I need a coach because something's wrong, Okay, that's 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 also a valid reason, of course. But uh, then then it's just problem solving, and then you can even question: Do you really need a coach, or do you need an education, or do you need a problem solver, or do you need a consultant, or something, or a project manager uh, mm-hmm. who's who's able to to manage that chaos? Um, but at the moment, when everything is running smoothly and everything is going good, and well, that's that's exactly the moment where you have to challenge yourself. And if I work with startups, uh, well, in, in the startup world, there is that saying that you have to change your business model every six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not that they are striving for it or that they are doing it by purpose. It just happens because they are very flexible and they are still searching and, and oh, we have an idea. Well, let's go into that direction. And mm, it doesn't work. Okay, let's change it. Let's go into that direction. Oh, this works well. Okay, what, what can we add on it? So every six months, there's a completely redesign of the entire organization. Now, if I say the entire organization, it are still small organizations, so it's not that difficult. But that's something that organizations and especially business leaders tend to forget once the organization is more a settled organization. For example, Coca-Cola <laughs> is suddenly going to, to produce something completely different in six months' time. No, they have. They know what they are doing. They are. They know what uh, what their business model is, and they just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Which, at some level, is great, but purely seen from a leadership perspective and purely seen from an, an employee engagement perspective. Yeah, what, what's fun about going to work and doing the same thing over and over and over again, year in year out, always the same thing. So that's perhaps a good moment to. Well, to to redefine how you are doing things, and that's something where you can take a coach and and try to challenge yourself in your own thinking. Yeah, De- Dennis, you know what? Like I was listening to you, and I was thinking like you're really hitting the nail on the head there. That sort of thought that when you think that everything is going well, that that's when you should you should really be worried. That's when you should really start <laughs> thinking like. Oh, Okay, am I overlooking something really important? Like what am that's, I missing here? <laughs> that's like suspicious. Like it's yeah. like when we were growing, like we had to like put, put like put down fires all the time. Like mm-hmm. what's going on now? Are we are we getting complacent? Are we failing to innovate perhaps because we are we are not seeing opportunities? And I think mm-hmm. this really brings us to the question of like what sort of recommendations can one immediately give to organizations to business leaders that are perhaps looking for a coach to support them in their work and how how can they best like decide what sort of support do they need is it a consultant a project management a delivery coach a life coach a sort of a leadership and the purpose coach which is more of the space that that uh, the two of us work in yeah, well, it's it's very very hard to define. I think, um, and and the most important one of all is, of course, is there that trust and and is there that uh, that personal connection between yourself and the one who you want to work with? It's all again in definition of wordings uh, because you can say, well, I need a coach, 
but what does that mean? What are you really looking for? Uh, because as I mentioned, you can fill a dictionary with with <laughs> with all types of coaches, and for every letter in the alphabet, you can find a coach. So, what does it mean if you say I want to coach or I need a coach? Uh, the same with consultants. Uh, well, by definition, everybody who's not on your payroll is a consultant. So, <laughs> what does it mean? And I think that's the, the 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 first suggestion or recommendation that I would say. Really make sure that you are able to define what you are looking for, and what is it exactly, and challenge yourself in that, and also challenge the person who you want to work with in that, because there's nothing as annoying as starting a conversation with someone and you you step to someone and you say, "I, I want to I want to know the the time in a better way, so I need a watch," and the other person just goes, "Okay." I have a watch for you. Yeah, who, who says that you really need a watch? Perhaps you're always too late or something, or uh, perhaps you're always too early, or perhaps you're spending too much time with something. Um, so is the watch the solution? Perhaps it isn't. Mm-hmm. And you can only ask for those things that you that you know and that you recognize for yourself. And mm-hmm. that's the most important thing in the beginning once you start to, to work with someone make sure that you are challenged and that you challenge that person as well. That's very, that, I think that's very good. The perceived problem may not be the original problem. What the person mm-hmm. who's looking for a coach thinks their mm-hmm. challenge is may not actually be the challenge. And it takes a professional with a certain skill set for, for diagnostics and understanding what's actually going on to understand is it actually that the person needs a watch or, or refocusing their priorities or just knowing the time and the moment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, it, it's how uh, Henry Ford always uh, said it. That if I would have asked people what they wanted, the reply would have been better horses. But nobody would ever reply, I want to have a car, because they didn't knew what a car was. And mm-hmm. that's exactly the thing, I think, why we as coaches are here, to make sure that you tackle the right problems in the right way. Excellent. Uh, Dennis, I think spot on. And that's what really sort of creates the creativity and innovation and helps businesses grow and move forward. Uh, to, uh, I've been sort of taking notes on the things that we're saying, on the insights we're coming up. So I guess for me, the three main, main points that are coming up is first that we need to be clear about the, the meaning of the words of a coach consultants and intervention, whatever, we need to be clear about the meaning. Just because uh, different people call themselves coaches doesn't mean that uh, they're doing the same thing. And it's important to understand that. And something else that's of great importance here is knowing that if, if a business, if an organization, if a business leader feels that everything's going well, so they do not need a coach, probably that's when they really need a coach. Yeah. And... And the opposite is also true, if I can just make a small intervention. The opposite is also true. I I hear a lot of people who are complaining about the fact that they're constantly firefighting. Well, fantastic. (laughs) Just look at the same thing with different eyes. If you are constantly firefighting, that means that your organization is progressing. Yeah. And that's a great, that's the the best news you could give me. (laughs) That your organization is constantly changing. (laughs) 
the way how you do it perhaps can be different and perhaps that's constantly firefighting gives you stress and perhaps you want to reduce that stress so again that's something to look into um, but that that positive approach i think is also very something very important and and while we there are no problems mm -hmm. yeah there are uh it's like there's no failure only feedback and there are no problems only opportunities for exactly. future growth yeah. and yeah. with that the the last point that you made that i thought was excellent with the example of the watch and and the horses and the cars is the the perceived problem may not be the original problem that uh, someone thinks it is and mm -hmm. that's another reason why it's so important to bring in a coach and just having that uh understanding of i guess going the full circle to the beginning of our conversation like one of the measurements of coaching is understanding what the actual problems are it's deconstructing what's going on and saying okay we thought it's that problem actually after speaking with this person after looking a deep look into ourselves and our organization we know that those are the actual challenges those are the actual fires we need to be putting down and looking into yeah and then it needs to be defined in very measurable results of course because otherwise you are stuck with that leap of faith again and then you as a business leader for example you're asking for that watch the coach comes in and says well you absolutely don't need that watch and you can only trust him and, mm -hmm. and that's a very bad feeling uh, unless that coach can convince you and can say well you don't need that watch and you know what this is how we're going to measure it this is how we we are going to show you that you don't need that watch and then you can step into that that coaching program with full trust and knowing that things will end totally fine absolutely uh, dennis really enjoyed this conversation so many valuable insights and I very much hope that our listeners will enjoy listening to this as much as I've enjoyed uh, th this discussion with you today. How yeah. can people get in touch with you? Uh, well, we're uh, living in the age of communication, so you can find me everywhere. <laughs> uh, the, the easiest thing, of course, is still mail. Uh, Dennis at thehappinessfactory.uk. But I'm also on LinkedIn. Just search for Dennis Fredericks. Uh, and the website, thehappinessfactory.uk, also has all the information that you need to, uh, to get in touch. Yeah. And as for me, you uh, can get in touch with me through LinkedIn. Feel free to get in touch with me through my email, my website. Feel free to reach out about any questions about how you can measure things in your business that seem to be so tough to measure. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Dennis, for your time. You're welcome. It was a pleasure.
intro and outro of this podcast is made with royalty-free music of bandsound.com.